أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد وعجل فرجهم Session number 20 of stages of akhlaq in the Quran So um, as I said in our last session that we're going to be beginning a new chapter in this uh, section of the barriers um, that uh, and hurdles between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how to get rid of them um, and I say this all the time and I'll say it again uh, the things that are mentioned and discussed they are out of my league I don't know about the rest of us but for me personally they're out of my league but uh, these are motivation for us just to remind us that inshallah when we're 60, 70, 80 years old we're not still children in this dunya um, uh, still running around after things that will not do us any benefit in the akhirah even if they're halal <laughs> and so we're going to talk a little a little bit about that today as well so the second chapter of um, these hurdles and mawani and what to do the first chapter was tawbah of course and removing some of these barriers zuhd is the next thing that is discussed um, in this book of ayatullah jawadi amuli and so he begins with this line and uh, when I re first read this first line I just found it to be very uh, inspirational just one line he says to, re to, lit to re uh, arrive at and to reach Ma'indallah that which is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there is no way except for one to do tark and to abandon Mata'ul Ghurur that means of deception uh, mata you know in arabic you say amta mata it's uh, goods that you might purchase goods that you might keep goods that have value maybe mata'ul ghurur is that thing that you have that is uh, deceptive you think it's worth something but it's not worth anything it fools you it deceives you so he says to reach ma'indallah there is no way out of it except to abandon mata'ul ghurur alright explain so then he lays out um, you can say an equation uh, in which he, he says he says for, for you to reach this uh, this abandonment we're gonna call it zuhd a word that we've always heard zuhd, zahid which uh, they will roughly translate to asceticism I, I would rather call it detachment or I would rather call it lack of interest um, things like that as a matter of fact it might even be lack of attachment so someone might say well detachment is the same thing as lack of attachment I think there's a little subtle difference between the two um, but I don't want to get into that it's not too important alright Zuhd is the only way to go he says but he says if you want to know what Zuhd is who cares about words and terminology here what is it? What are we get? What are we after when we say the word zuhd? He says it is abandonment of this mata'ul ghurur. Okay, abandonment, an abandonment that is mixed with lack of interest um, and lack of inclination. So, in other words, just abandoning or just not possessing is not going to be enough, right? And this is where. Uh, the likes of Imam Khomeini say that some people their dunya is one little tasbih that they have you know 
It's a little puny, worthless kind of thing. That's that person's dunya. Because this person does not possess too much. But still, one of those elements of zuhd is not there, which is lack of inclination. As we say in Farsi, uh, there's a saying in Farsi that there isn't, there isn't water out there or else I would be a good swimmer. In other words, if I could get my, if I had the opportunity for certain things, I would be the first to dive into it. Okay, lots of people don't get that opportunity. Another one of these greats, uh, Sheikh Nukhudaki Isfahani, he's famous. He's buried in Mashhad, um, and the second grave that's the most famous grave in Mashhad, I would say, is his grave. It's in the Haram of Imam Rada. So a lot of people are doing ziyarat there, and then you have all, lots of uh, 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 people that are around his grave and reciting. Dua there and and, and the Fatiha for him there. Uh, he's an interesting individual. Some of the things he said are pretty interesting. Anyway, he, uh, from what I remember, is his saying that he says, "Look, we all have a Yazid in us. <laughs> we just haven't been given the opportunity to let that Yazid in us flourish." What is all of this denoting? Denoting that look, just because it hasn't happened, doesn't mean that you have that virtue or that merit of zuhd, for example. Yes you have less to worry about inshallah on the day of judgment okay that's good you have less to worry about but doesn't mean that once you get the opportunity if you were to get the opportunity then you're still set you're still good to go you're protected you're guaranteed no you might still mess up just like everyone else who's given that opportunity uh, it's a famous story one of these Abbasid Khulafa he was uh, always in the masjid and always reciting Quran it's very famous one of these Abbasid Khulafa during the times of the Imams. And um, I don't know, the one who was before him as Khalifa dies, they come and let him know that he's Khalifa to Muslimin. Now it's crazy. He says, <laughs> he looks at the Quran, he's, he closes it, he says, All right, my, my work with you is done. Right? Doesn't mean necessarily that he was not reciting the Quran um, with sincerity before it. But when the opportunity rose and presented itself, this person says, "All right, it's time to move on now." Yeah. So this is a it's a, it's a wake up call for all of us, really. And that's the worst to not possess, but still be attached. That is the worst. At least possess and be attached. Right. Some people don't possess, and they're so attached. Now, this is just an example. There's nothing wrong with this, but like. And we all have our obsessions in life. So like there's this one guy um, really drives up a, a drives a, 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 um, a horrible a vehicle, but this person knows everything about all the cars out there, right? It's just an example. There's nothing wrong with liking cars, but just giving this as an example that sometimes you don't possess, but you are the most attached. And then there's the flip side, which is the best, this is the, this is the best, uh, uh, scenario that you possess but really you're not attached but I will talk about this later you can't fool yourself either okay all right that, that, that we have cases like this as well where they possess and they say alhamdulillah we're not attached right <laughs> talk about that but if a person like Prophet Suleiman um, he possessed and of course he's not attached he's a prophet of God and there are others throughout history this Ayatollah uh, Ansari Hamadani I was reading about him years ago and um, his his children were talking about how yeah our father had he he had land he had uh, he owned real estate and livestock and all of that he had all of that and he was 
But when you look at him, you can tell that this person is in another world. The same person that I talked about, they wrote a book on him called Sukhde, the burned one. The burnt one. That one. Yeah. We used to go to his grave in Qom. It's at the end of the graveyard. Um, and back then, they didn't, he didn't have a little shrine. Now they actually built a little monument there, if you want to call it, or a shrine. And so it's a place where you kind of are at peace. Good times. Yeah, I would try to go there and uh, recite Dua Arafat those days, in those days, uh, on my own. Not, you know, there's big programs that happen there too. But, you know, you would find a tranquility there. You'd find like a tree stump. You would sit on that tree stump close to his grave and you would... Yeah. Anyway, coming back to this uh, equation here and this formula, it has to be an abandonment plus lack of inclination, detachment, and so on. And so he says, he says this requires practice and training. He says that it requires training. It doesn't just happen. Just because you know the formula now doesn't mean that um, you're good. You're good to go. No. So how do I train myself? And this is really, I, I, was very, I was very happy when I saw this because it's practical, it's realistic. He doesn't say, oh, you know, when you're possessing so much stuff out there, make sure that you're not attached to it. He says it begins with not possessing too much. <laughs> That's what he says. Now, once again, as I said, this is kind of out of uh, my league here, okay? But we just—I just want to show that there is that what what is out there at least. And of course, when he says don't possess to begin with, look, you have to keep a balance. Of course, um, there's an, an amount of possession one is wajib to have. You have to have. There is an amount of possession that is mustahab to have. Um, if you're going to go by those hadiths that say to al-ayal means to go a little uh, over above average and to expand on uh, to expand things and to bring in a little bit more for the family al-ayal your ayal or your dependents okay yeah so that is also recommended so we have to keep all of that in mind as well we don't want to look at things black and white and with tunnel vision here but he says, yeah, it begins with this. So like, I don't know, if you're single and you don't have much to worry about and you got a whole life ahead of you and you want to start on this path, this is what they might tell you that, hey, start with, you know, staying away a little bit from the glamours and flashy stuff here. So he says, first begin with that. Why? I'll, I'll give an example of drugs, okay, and, and smoking. You don't tell somebody who wants to never be addicted to like, hey, I want you to... I want you to, you know, start smoking and stuff. Do your smoking that you're doing, but like read up on how bad it is too. No, you say, before you take that first cigarette, right? Read up on what it's all about before you fall into it and then it's hard for you to get out of it, right? So, he says also, dunya is like that. Stay away from it a little bit. Keep it at an arm's length and quote unquote, read up on it. Learn about it. In other words, the word he uses is ma'rifah. Gain some ma'rifah regarding it. When you gain ma'rifah of something, it means that you know what it is for what it really is. Okay? The best place to go for that is Qur'an, and is Nahjul Balagha, is our ahadith, and so on. And then finally, to see an example of it, you look at our greats, and you'll see that they embody all of these teachings, really. This ma'rifah of what? 
this ma'rifah of that you know if something, this is the point you want to reach with your ma'rifah, that something, if something is going to eventually take from you and not give anything back to you and is just going to abandon you eventually, this is the ma'rifah about the dunya we're talking about. This is a person who abandons dunya to the amount that's necessary, of course, and then mixes it with this understanding of why I'm abandoning it, why I'm not going to put all my eggs in it, yeah, in that basket, is because it's going to eventually leave me, then that is the ma'rifah that we're after. So he says, abandon. Slowly, um, slowly uh, gain more and more ma'rifah of this dunya, and then slowly as you go back into it, because, I mean, life is life. you got no choice. You have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of your family. But once you're going into it, what happens? You're going in... Uh, doing, having done your homework having done your homework correct and that's why I want to say this right now if really somebody wants to get optimal results what do they do they start at a younger age you can't you can't expect although it's never too late but you can't expect to like gain all of this without having put time into it right it takes time and the more you recite Qur'an, I would say, uh, the more this will help you and give that perspective. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like these, uh, these, studious kids, these studious kids in school, when, uh, you know, the cool kids, the only time they'll approach them is when they want those kids to do their homework for them, right? And so all of a sudden, the coolest kid in school, what's he doing? He's paying attention to me, who's the nerd of the school. And so I feel good about that. But then I know the only reason why he's doing this is because he wants to use me. And eventually he's going to go and hang out with his friends while I'm doing his homework, right? And then after that, he discards me and is, gets, uh, disposes of me. Doesn't need me anymore. How much is that worth for me? That's like the exact parable of the dunya, I would say, right? So this type of ma'rifah, and it, and it's, and it, and, and, it is alluded to in our literature from different angles with different wording. It's just beautiful the way the Quran and other um, other literature uh, uh, paint this picture for us. All right, so zuhd, opposite to inclination. I want to share with you two, uh, uh, one verse of the Quran and one hadith, which shows that these are opposite to each other. So zuhd is not to possess or not possess or all of that. It is. It has to do with the heart, and whether the heart is also inclined or not, or how inclined it is. The first one is in Surah Yusuf and the story of Prophet Yusuf salam. وَكَانُوا فِيهِ مِنَ الزَّاهِدِينَ So these, um, this caravan that takes Yusuf out of the well. Well, okay, we found a little kid. Doesn't look like he belongs to anybody here, any family. No one's uh, claiming him for themselves. So they take him. They hid him as their own, as something that belonged to them, as a possession of theirs. And so they eventually sold him. They sold him for a very low price, at a, at a very low price. Yes, they, uh, when they sold him for a little bit, why do you sell something for a little bit? Why? Because you don't want it correct? You're not interested in it. 
And because you're not interested in it, it's not worth anything in your eyes, you get rid of it. So Zuhd here has been used opposite to what? If they were interested in him, yeah, then they wouldn't have been one of the Zahideen in him. They wouldn't have sold him with Zuhd. They would have sold him with something for a higher price because of their interest in him. Yeah. Now, little did they know that uh, <laughs> this person uh, is worth a lot more than that. If I'm not mistaken, they showed this in the movie and they showed how everyone was trying to buy Yusuf actually and how he was uh, worth a lot. But but the Quran says, وَشَرَوْهُ بِثَمَنٍ بَخْسٍ دَرَاهِمَ مَعْدُودًا For a few coins, that's all. That's all they sold him for. So, I don't know which one's... Uh, which one's uh, correct here and accurate, the Quran or the movie? I don't know. <laughs> For some, this might be a dilemma. Okay, if I'm not mistaken, from what I remember, a lot of people are fighting over buying Yusuf salam. But anyway, that's one um, example. Another example of how zuhd is opposite to uh, inclination is this hadith here, where uh, Imam Ali salam in this hadith says, "Zuhdu kafiragibin fiq." That your zuhd in a person who is interested in you and is drawn towards you, nuqsanu hadhin. It is a, it is you. Uh, depri- it's a deprivation, right? And you losing a share, right? When you have people that are your support, when you have people who people who like you, and but for whatever dumb reason and unacceptable reason you don't like them, and you're not interested to be with them, well, you just lost somebody. Right, so he says that's the case. Now, sometimes that person uh, you know that they like you, but you're just not interested in them for proper reasons. That's a different story. So Imam Ali here, obviously speaking about just normal circumstances where that person is worth befriending, but you know you just like whatever. But so the point here is that zuhd has been used to ragibin fiq. Zuhd has been used opposite to a person who's interested in you, is drawn towards you, right? So what's the opposite of being drawn towards someone is that you are, what's the word? Do you say drawn away? Repelled. Repelled. Okay, so yeah, you're repelled from them. And your interest in someone who is not interested in you, رَغْبَتُكَ فِي زَاهِدٍ ذُلُّ نَفْسٍ It's zilla. It's zilla. It's It's you... Uh, bringing yourself down and belittling yourself. Yeah, that's the worst feeling. I don't know how many you've been in that situation where you're trying to get close to someone that doesn't even care about you. Uh, I think it's happened to a lot of us, if not all of us, throughout life. There will be some that um, we want to get close to. And lots of times you grow up later to think to yourself, wow, I thought everything was there with that person. That person was the important one. That person was the cool one. All that. Thank God I didn't get close to that person. Thank God they didn't receive me. They're nobodies now. All right, nobodies in the sense of Isla- Islamically, like they're in bad shape. And uh, if I can just take care of myself, I'm good. All right. So that is the Quranic perspective to let us know that this dunya is but a tool and a means. All right. Then Ayatollah uh, Jawadi he gives another example. So as I said, like this just nice wording that different wordings that are used here to. Give us an idea of that ma'rifah. Ayatollah Jawadi gives an example here. First, he starts with this. Um, he starts with this verse of the Quran. This is Surah Taha, verse one thirty-one. La tamudanna aynaik 
إلى ما متعنا به أزواجا منهم زهرة الحياة الدنيا لنفتنهم فيه ورزق ربك خير وأبقى that do not extend your glance toward what we have provided certain groups certain groups of them as glitter of the life of this world alright so there are people out there who will have things we don't have it says don't extend your glance to what they have in other words like don't don't let it take your attention yeah don't let it take your attention don't worry about it yeah don't worry about it so that we may test them thereby we're giving it to them as a test as a fitna and the provision of your Lord is better and more lasting like this is one of those verses man you gotta just write it and just look at it don't look at the toys people have don't worry about it Ayatollah Jawadi gives this example here and there are some subtleties in what he does but I don't know if I can get that across so I'm just going to leave that all in all this is what he says he says it's like those buds that you have in the spring you know these fruit trees when they want to give fruit there's a little bud first there's a little flower that flower slowly falls off because the fruit starts growing he says um, this dunya what happens is that yes you will have people have these buds on them as if these things that they've gained they wanted to reach fruition but this is just how the dunya is the dunya is such that it's like that winter that comes and those buds never get the chance to reach fruition and to turn into fruit and what is that winter that is the winter of death now don't tell me that yeah well he's driving his car around this stuff no no if that car really wants to help him that car should be with him or her forever okay and that ni'mah needs to be with me or, or him or her forever. That's the problem. So it never reaches that fruit that you're after. And so you can tell that it's all about uh, the temporal nature of these things, really. I want to share some hadiths with you so that we understand that we're not going to fool ourselves when it comes to being not being attached okay, to whatever this dunya has to offer. If we, even if we have it, even if we possess it, doesn't mean to hate it. Just means to understand that yes, this is not a baqi thing for me. Baqi meaning that it's going to be everlasting for me. And this is what we see. I'm going to share like three or four things here, uh, sayings, um, which kind of I think drive the point home of what's wrong. And we've talked about this before as well. So, for example, Imam Ali alayhi salam says, "Ma li aliyan wa li naimin yafna." He says, like, what does Ali have to do with blessings? Oh, so Imam Ali has problem with blessings? Is that what it is? Imam Ali has problem with blessings. He says, Naiman Yafna. I have a problem with blessings that are funny. Not funny, funny. Okay? <laughs> funny. That wasn't funny. Funny. Okay? Funny meaning that it's going to end. So, Ali is not, he doesn't have an issue with having a good time apparently. He has a problem if it's going to end. Look at that. So religious people, and I've talked about this before, religious people are always labeled as, oh, the boring ones. Nah, they're the ones who want to, I'm not even going to say the word, like, you know, have a good time. They want to have a good time, but they want it to be 
everlasting. They don't want it to end. They don't want to sell themselves short. They are very stingy with their life and lives such that they're not going to trade it for something that ain't worth it. You got to be smart about these things. And a pleasure that does not persist. And then in other places he says, he says, all of the pleasures here, I looked, all the pleasures here, mahfufun bil makarih, are surrounded by, preceded and proceeded by, hardship. You got to work for it. Then once you work for it, once you have that pleasure, afterwards also there's hardship. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do as much as I can to just you know survive and have a easy painless life inshallah as much as possible allah will throw tests my way that's just part of the deal and i will try my best to react in an islamic way and to navigate this life end of story or for example the famous dua i think of imam sajjad al islam where he says allahumma rizqna tajafiya an dar al ghurur wal inabata ila dar al khulud oh allah I love these du'as, I love these lines, these sayings. These are my favorites, really. Um, and you know why it's my favorite? Because I haven't moved on from this. If someone had moved on from this, they would be they would be looking for something else. But I really like the zuhd discussion always, because I know that's something we need. To, I need to work on. Allahumma rzuqna at-tajafi. What is tajafi? When you're halfway getting up, right? But you're not all the way up. So... You know, even in namaz, right, in salat, when you're praying, if you're, it's your third, if you're, it's your, uh, if it's your first rak'ah that you just finished, but it's the imam's second rak'ah, what do you do? You do tajafi. It means you get up as if you're getting up, but you don't get up completely. That's called tajafi. So it's like you're, you know, you're gonna get up, but you haven't gotten up yet. Okay. Allahumma rizqna al tajafiya an daril ghurur. Oh Allah. Uh, bless us with not give us bless us give this rizq to us that we are in a state of tajafi we're about to get up now if i stand up completely that what does that symbolize that symbolizes death that means i got up and i i'm not i have nothing to do with the the ground anymore i've gone up i've stood up but if you're halfway up that means you're still kind of connected to the ground you haven't got up completely and detached completely so, oh Allah, I am going to detach upon death anyway, by force. Give me that rizq and, and, and bless me with this rizq of being in a state of getting up from it. And Darul Ghurur, why do I want to be getting up from it? Because it's Darul Ghurur. It is the home of deception. And so many people have been deceived in this world. They, of course, they deceive themselves, or else the dunya didn't hide anything from them. We've talked about this too. The dunya didn't hide anything. The dunya, I'm gonna tell you this: the dunya is the most truthful, honest thing you'll find out there. And if the imams, it seems, have said that it is a deceptive dunya, it's because we actually deceive ourselves through it, or else the dunya didn't hide anything from us. Where are my forefathers? They're all buried under the ground, right? I see everything. You know, I, it doesn't hide anything from me. But anyway, and give me this uh, rizq of turning towards, moving towards Dar al Khulud. What does Khulud mean? Eternity. The home and abode of eternity. That's what I'm after. So, once again, we're after eternity. Infinity, eternity. 
and beyond. Alright, there is an angel of Allah in the hadith. It says, who calls out every day. This is also one of my favorite hadiths. Lidu lil This is an amr. Lidu. Lidu comes from walad. Lidu lil Procreate. Have children. Lil So that what happens in the end? They die. So it's just letting you know that that's what the end result is going to be eventually. They're going to die. Everyone's going to die. So just reminding you people. And when it says angel here, it just might be something that it might really be an angel or it might be symbolic of something else. Just a figure of speech that is letting us know that like when we wake up every morning, way back in our minds, we know this, right? We know this that, hey, death is the end of all of this, okay? It's interesting. When I was a kid, I remember this. I was like maybe 9, 10, 11. Maybe you've been through this too. And I've seen other kids approach me about this when they're 10, 11 years old. That they think about death. You know? They think about it. They, 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 it scares them that my parents might die. I might die. You know? It's there. And of course, you have to tell them, no, don't worry about it. Allah's, you know, Allah will take care of you, all that kind of stuff. But then as they grow older, yeah, you are going to die. <laughs> yeah, just reminding you. Lidu lil maut, lil fana. And yes, gather and gather. For what? For destruction. Uh, and uh, for, them, for things to end. So you're accumulating things. Why do you accumulate things and save things? So that you can have access to them later. No, you're not going to have access to them later. They're, they're funny. They're not eternal. Wabnu lil kharabi. And build. Build, build, build. For what? For destruction. All these homes and all of the, everything is going to be gone. Another one, Imam Ali salam says, what do you want me to say about a place? Ma asifu fi darin awaluha ana. Or is it ana? I'm not sure. I think it's ana. What do you want me to say? In other words, there's nothing good to say about a place whose beginning is hardship, pain, suffering. When we're born, right? It's not easy for the mother, the child, no one. You've pr probably heard me say this as well. It's not funny anymore, but yeah, the mom is crying, the baby's crying when it's born, and even dad's crying because of his wallet, you know, the hospital and all that, and the, you know how bad the healthcare system is here. True story. fana. The beginning is pain, hardship, suffering. The end is fana and nothingness. What do you want me to say about that, Imam Ali says? In other words, there's nothing good to say about it. فِي حَلَالِهَا حِسَابٍ وَفِي حَرَامِهَا عِقَابٍ Amir al-Bayan Yes, the Amir uh, and, uh, of eloquence and speech It says that in its halal is reckoning So you, you live the halal life, there's still going to be hisab for it, right? And so you might want to limit a little bit even the halal part Not too much once again, a balance A balance but fi halaliha hisab at the end of the day, they're gonna stop you, the angels. They're gonna say, "Hey, wait a second. Uh, pull out your calculator. Let's start calculating things here." And in its haram is aqab punishment. So don't even get close to that part. So what 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 does what does it, what can I say 
What good can I say about some a place like this? What do you want me to say? Imam Ali, why aren't you interested? You know, there's so much nice stuff here. He's like, what do you want me to say? Why should I be interested? This is what it be the beginning is, that's what the end is. And finally this one. Finally this one, that we have a hadith that Jibra'il told our Holy Prophet Ya Muhammad Aish ma shi'it Once again, Aish comes from Aish means to live, it's an Amr again Aish ma shi'it Live however long you want فَإِنَّكَ مَيِّتٌ Because you're eventually a mayyit وَأَحْبِبْ ma shi'it And love whatever you like فَإِنَّكَ مُفَارِقُهُ Because you will eventually uh, be separated from it وَعْمَلْ مَا شِئِتْ And do as much as you can Do amal as much as you can فَإِنَّكَ مُلَاقِيهِ For you will very verily meet it one day مُلَاقِيهِ comes from مُلَاقَات To meet something Man, these are wake-up calls But these... Uh, the wording that they even use, um, I find them very moving and they awaken us. Alright, so when I say we don't want to fool ourselves, this is what I mean. These hadiths are really letting us know that no, no, no. You can't, you can't act like you're not attached but then have everything in the world and just feel like, okay, everything's set. What are you talking about? So I mean like, I say this because I've seen it. I've seen it. People who will sometimes act as if they are very spiritual people but then you will find them um, you'll find them really like a lot in the dunya a little too much it stands out and you're like what's going on here and then others are telling them yeah as long as you're not attached as long as you're not attached either you've reached a very high level of spirituality and I'm not someone to measure that or judge that Either you've reached a high level of spirituality and you've, you've moved beyond all of this and you're like Prophet Suleiman, but I don't know. Those greats that we are 100% sure were greats and you don't need no measuring stick to see because that person is as high as it gets almost. You find that even they're still doing ihtiyat and, and are careful. You know, they're walking on eggshells when it comes to dunya. And then, and then this guy, no, so-and-so, don't worry, you have this I actually saw this once, years ago, maybe more than 10 years ago, I saw this once. A very high-end car, he's driving it, very high-end, and then the leather inside is white, and they said, don't worry, it's white like your heart. It's okay, you can, you can have this because your heart is white just like the interior of this car. I'm like, what, who are you fooling, man? Are you fooling yourself? We, I, we seek refuge, and I seek refuge in Allah. I'm. I am nowhere better than, uh, nothing better than anybody. It's scary. You just look at our greats though. And then if you are one of the greats, and Alhamdulillah, you are Prophet Sulaiman now, and you know that this is not affecting you in, in any way, please don't post it on social media. <laughs> because a lot of other people out there are not Prophet Sulaiman yet. And when they look up to you, yeah, when they look up to you, they will take inspiration from you and they will follow they will feel like yeah i can start with having everything and pushing for everything and while these these individuals like ayatollah jawadi and them they say it starts the practice starts with first staying away from it as much as you can so that first you learn about it then slowly when you go into it inshallah you won't be deceived by this mata'ul this mata'ul ghurur
So then Ayatollah uh, Jawadi, he goes on to talk about the sign of this Zuhd. How do I know uh, that I have this Zuhd? This Zuhd that the Quran talks about, this Zuhd that the Hadiths are talking about. And he cites, uh, and I'll end with this, this last discussion. He cites uh, Surah Hadid verse 23. And Imam Ali has this in Nahj al-Balagha as well. Imam Ali in Nahj al-Balagha, he says, Az-Zuhd kulluhu bayna kalimataini min al-Qur'an. That Zuhd, all of it in its entirety, Az-Zuhd kulluhu, you find it in two words of the Qur'an or two statements of the Qur'an. Bayna kalimataini min al-Qur'an. What are those? And then so Imam Ali quotes the Qur'an. He says, قَالَ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ لِكَيْلَا تَأْسَوْ عَلَى مَا فَاتَكُمْ وَلَا تَفْرَحُوا بِمَا آتَاكُمْ That the Qur'an says, so that you will not be overly grievous. Over what? Over what has uh, slipped, uh, what has slipped you of the dunya, and what you have not gained of the dunya, what you missed of the dunya, the opportunity that you just weren't able to materialize of the dunya, right? You lose something in the dunya. Look, it's okay to be upset, but to reach a point where, as is, you know, the the grief reaches a point where, like, you're like, it's as if you've lost everything. No, a person who understands the value of dunya won't be too upset. If they lose some of it, to the point where it just uh, they're just paralyzed as if, and uh, they give up on everything. No, it's okay to be sad, and depending on the tragedy, depending on the loss, it might extend for a long period of time. There even might be um, some post-stress that you have, post-trauma stress that you have, and all of that's fine. That's fine, but if a person has worked on them before, inshallah, inshallah, it won't reach a point where they give up on everything and as, as if I've, I've seen this even uh, sometimes you'll have relatives like this that because of something for the next 20 years they've given up on life and it hurts them it hurts those around them it hurts their descendants and their children and all of that so no that you don't reach that point where you like give up on everything when you lose something or you don't materialize Something. And that you're not overly joyous when you've gained something of this dunya. Why? Because if I gain something that doesn't have too much value, then uh, if I gain something that doesn't have too much value, then why should I be so happy? Like, yeah, last year, March of last year, March ish of last year, if you got your hands on hand sanitizer, <laughs> the happiest person in the world, maybe. Because it had a lot of value back then. Um, that's one thing I'm, uh, I was, uh, I was, I was kind of proud of myself about. I was like, I'm always behind in things. But when lockdown started, I went to Walmart and I saw some hand sanitizer. I bought it. Then the next day I came, it was all gone. So I was like, oh, thank God, I, I, you know, I did the right thing, you know. So, but now you see it everywhere, and no one really cares too much about it anymore. Why? It doesn't have too much value. Back then, if I lost that bottle of hand sanitizer, I'd be like, man, I'd be upset because it has value. But now if I lose it, I'll just go buy another one. It's fine. So not to be over, too overjoyous. So Imam Ali concludes from this verse. He says, مَنْ لَمْ يَأْسَ عَلَى الْمَاضِي The one who isn't upset over that which has passed. Madi means something that goes and passes by. Mada. 
وَلَمْ يَفْرَحْ بِالْآتِي And isn't so happy with that which has arrived? فَقَدْ أَخَذَ الزُّهْدْ بِطَرَفَيْهِ Has grabbed Zuhd by its two sides. In other words, you've embraced it. You got it all. That is Zuhd right there. So it's not talking about possessing or not possessing once again. What is it talking about? Farah versus Huzn or Asha, uh, uh, which means to be grievous. Yeah. So uh, he moves on now into the Jawadi and we'll leave this for our next session. He starts talking about the different grades of Zuhd and why a person can have Zuhd. And Khawaja Nasiruddin al-Tusi has some interesting things to say here as well. And then there's some beautiful stuff Ayatul Jawadi says, which blew me away, that I had never noticed before in the Qur'an actually. This verse that he's going to cite later and talk about a little bit. Um, he says something that I had never never crossed my mind. And I would always recite this verse and just move on, like nothing special about this verse. But he points something out very interesting there. We'll leave that inshallah for next week. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.